Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. In this episode, I'm going to reiterate and go over things from last week's episode because it seemed to be upsetting for some of you, which is why we're going to talk about it again. Uh, some of those people seem to have dropped off, which is, that's fine, um, obviously. But um, you know, if you'd like to support this, go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com and uh, click, around, click around, find a way to support t-shirts, books, Patreon, Venmo, whatever, man. Uh, so last week I talked about a level of gratitude for struggle, discomfort that show up as these demonic forces in our life. Addiction, alcoholism, depression. Um, I myself um, sought to improve certain things because of my mental health. Um, I Obviously I work in the addiction field so I see people improve their lives all the time because of the pain and suffering. Um, that's brought on by this addiction, right? But those improvements that happen wouldn't have happened if there hadn't been the pain and the suffering brought about by this demonic force of addiction. Um, I use myself, for instance, some very bad things happened to me as a little boy up into seventh grade. Um, from kindergarten to seventh grade, uh, was bad. And it all went into the pot. It's all in the stew. Um, I am very grateful and happy where I am at right now in life, how I am, who I am, all that. And I wouldn't get that without those things, without the abuse. Um, You can think otherwise if you want, but I don't know. Figure out how consciousness works. Let's talk about that. Consciousness is what we're conscious and unconscious of. Okay, if I rock back and forth in a chair and I rock back and forth in that chair in a certain way, but then one day I bump the wall. My consciousness has now expanded to include the knowledge of the wall, which will change the way I rock back and forth in the chair because now I am aware of something else. That is a shift or an expansion in consciousness. That now goes in as a factor when it comes to decision-making. When it comes to the mind presenting you with thoughts and ideas and stuff, that is now included in that. You can't disregard it. It's too late. It's not that I am happy about what happened. It is not that I would recommend it to anybody or that I would want it to happen to my children, your children, or anybody else. The point is, is it happened. And I'm also very grateful I'm very grateful of who I am right now, how I am, and where I'm at in my life. I'm very happy with that, but I'm not happy about what happened. When it comes to occult thinking, spiritual, religious, whatever, to understand any of it, you have to be able to hold two opposing points of view in your mind at the same time and often see them both as truth. They can both be true. They can both be true. They can both be false. It's, it's, that's just the way it is. That's life. It's like that old Ram Dass thing where he would say, you know, if I tell you that a baby dies every 45 seconds and it's something like that, and it's very sad and you would be sad about it. But then if I told you that a baby dies or is born every 45 seconds, well, that's good. So which are you going to be happy or sad or both? 
It all depends on the situation, right? So some of you are still influenced by Judeo-Christian Abrahamic ideas, and that's fine, whatever. Um, But I invite you to do a little research into the idea of a trickster entity, the role that it plays, how all of that was put upon Pan, the, the, the god Pan, right? How that kind of became the Christian idea of the devil in order to, to uh, kind of besmirch Pan or Panism or whatever the fuck they were doing. So the word Lucifer means light bringer. Someone who sheds light on something. Shines light into dark places. Right? The morning star, which is also Venus. Jesus is also considered the morning star. And if it's offensive to you that I'm insinuating that Jesus and Lucifer are the same thing, well, I don't know. Get with the allegory. Get with the program. They are. You are all a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of Lucifer. That Lucifer meaning the light bringer, someone that sheds light on things. That's what I'd like to be. I want to test your thinking. I want to challenge the way you think about stuff. If you have a golden cow, a sacred cow in your mind of some belief or something that you're afraid to touch, push on, or set on fire, you don't have to look at that. Cling to it tighter, I guess. My advice, what I would do if I was you, is I would set the whole fucking thing on fire and find out what stood the test. That's why in Buddhism they call the Dharma pure gold because it's been set on fire, it's been hammered, it's been battered, it's been twisted and broken, and all that's left is pure gold. That's why debate is also such a big part of the tradition. Well, I noticed and heard from some of you and that that was that this was a problem just because you're you have gratitude for your present moment like let's say you're just let's just say a single moment you sit you watch a sunrise you experience whatever you experience and it's beautiful that present moment is the result of previous present moments every fucking one of them You don't get to that moment without all of the previous ones. I'm sorry, but this is just it. And again, it doesn't mean that you're glad all this bad shit happened, but I'll tell you what it's done for me. It's made me intensely curious about discomfort. Why I feel bad, why I'm sad. Is it real? Is it just something my brain is farting out? I don't know. something to think about man but again like if you're afraid to look at this stuff then yeah I don't know my shit isn't going to be the shit for you my content if you will is is, is just going to be very upsetting for you I don't know think about it don't be afraid to research what the devil even is you know, some of you are like, you're, you're still like caught up in this, like, I don't know. It's like you're afraid to turn your back on it. And I get it. I wrote about that in the new book about, you know, what it was like to turn my back on the church and what I used to do to do that. 
So that's just something I wanted to bring up. Um, and since I'm, you know, being so upsetting, um, <clears throat> cultural appropriation. Appropriation means to use something without permission. This is where you have to tread lightly. Is that what's happening? Because the thing that sparked my concern with that was I was accused of it in the past because I use Sanskrit terms. Sanskrit is the root language for all Indo-European languages. You don't get Indo-European languages or some shit like that without Sanskrit. So, fucking A, man. I don't know. It's a really great way to describe things. And I do have permission, by the way. Because I have qualified teachers. I have all the little boxes checked. I'm not just some cisgendered kettlebell wielding fuckface from America that is just it, that is absconding with some fucking secret knowledge that's not what's happening I know for some of you you would love that to be the case that I was just another meathead that fucking you know works out and what that's but that's not the case I hate to tell you this but I've had very qualified teachers I've it's, I don't know what to tell you. But you're not going to find a guru, a swami. A, a, oh, I'm sorry, not just a guru, a swami, but you've got to find one with the right ethnic background, apparently. You know, because when I was, you know, I spent a lot of time with ISKCON, one of my favorite swamis was a black guy. But Prabhupada, who's from India, did his initiation ceremony, so I guess he's okay. Is he, though? You know, different bodied people have told me a lot of different things, so we got to be careful. I mean, can we trust all of them? I don't know. But I assure you that these people within these traditions want us to practice these traditions. They want us to study these things. They like, like Hinduism, for instance, Sanatana Dharma. They want, they, they take pride in the fact that these other cultures take part in these traditions. They love it. The only people that seem to have a problem with it are, you know, college age whatevers with nose rings that work at fucking Whole Foods. I'm, I'm being totally facetious, I'm just joking, but you get the type. It's like, Somebody who just wants to fucking, you know. And then I, then, well, what, what, what was interesting is that I first kind of got annoyed with a post that somebody that I know pretty well, um, well, not that well, actually, fucking whatever. Um, this is long after I was accused of, using, of a culturally appropriating Sanskrit um, by somebody who I don't think even understands what Sanskrit is. But this person... Um, he had posted this. Now, here's the thing about this person. This person thrives off of chaos and uh, oppression, and he only has an identity if something bad is happening. If something, if someone's being done wrong, he has an identity. These people you should be very, very fucking leery of. 
if I'm an author, for instance, and I only write books about oppressed, horrified, fucking whatever, it's almost like I make a living in that space, as the kids say. Well, then I, then my ego gets constructed around that and I need that space in order to have my identity. I need people to suffer. I need them to be oppressed. I need them to be downtrodden in order for me to have an identity or even a purpose in life. That should throw up a fucking red flag. Does it mean that these people don't have a point or that they, no, that's not what I'm saying. But you fucking think you're just going to talk to me and I'm going to listen to you? Bitch, I know your game. Like, I know where you're from. Like, stop it. Don't fucking, you know. These are the people you got to worry about. They need you to hurt. They can't thrive if you heal yourself. If you have forgiveness and you're no longer angry, because that's what forgiveness means, these people run out of fucking customers. Think about that for a second. You know, like a, a fucking Asian person can open a taco truck. It's fine. Who gives a shit? You want to talk about culturally appropriating garb? I mean, fuck. What, find out which culture invented the t-shirt and ask them for fucking permission? Like, I don't... And no one can ever give me a clear answer on it. They hem and they haw and they stumble over their words and they just say something absolutely crazy that's so easy to take apart. Like you don't, you don't know whose people, like who people's teachers were. Like you don't know that. You're just saying things. You don't know who's taken initiation or what or refuge in this or that. You know? Do I think it's silly that people call it power yoga? Yeah. On one hand, I do. On the other hand, you know what? Yoga just means coming into union with God, truth, whatever that thing is. And if you find that there, then you find that there. I think it was Bhagwan Das who said, if you go to that tree every day and you pray to God at that tree every single day, God will meet you at that tree. I don't know. Maybe some people meet God in a quote-unquote yoga mat doing power yoga where they're fucking, I don't know what that means, but it sounds crazy. But maybe they find God there. I have no idea. No, here's something. I find uh, this culture of festivals and juggling and shit to just be weird and exhausting. It's this weird identity, and it's just... I don't know. I'm not really that. It just doesn't interest me. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not my thing. But do I believe that like those people have tapped into something that really scratches that itch for them and puts them in what somebody might call an alpha flow state? Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's just not my thing. Right. I'm also not going to find out who the fuck invented the hula hoop and make sure that everybody's on the up and up. Or who invented juggling and make sure that like, you know, because this person had mentioned like yoga and new age spaces or some fucking, I don't know, but you're talking, we talk about new age in the yoga culture, especially involving yoga in the new age culture. 
that's deep. You, I don't, most people don't know who, you know, uh, uh, Rudolf Steiner or, or Petrova Blavatsky were or any of these people. You know, you don't, ugh. it's all just so complicated and it's such, it can become such a melting pot that it's really hard to, you know, it's hard to just start calling people things. And I get very upset because when that person said that I was in, in, engaging in cultural appropriation, it was like, what? Because when you're just trying to like do something to help somebody, you know, like, I don't know, like I took it personally because my days are spent doing that. All I'm doing all day is that shit. And then I engage in the infinite spark of being in order to try to, you know, help somebody somewhere. That was the whole purpose of the infinite spark of being to begin with. You know, was to help somebody somewhere that felt lost and confused. And, you know, and then when you accuse me of something, what the fuck do you do with your day? What are you doing? You know? I don't know, man. It just sucked. It was hurt. It hurt my feelings. It hurt. I didn't like it. You know. Back to the Luciferian thing. One time, somebody referred to me as as a Luciferian, and I guess, in a weird way, I am. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like I just ranted too much. I don't know. Um, the third book is. It's. I'm so happy. It, it's really good, and I can't wait for you guys to read it and to to start incorporating into the podcast. I'm very happy about it. Um, anyway, I'm going to go. Uh, I love you. Bye.